0: Glory to God. Is He your God? Yes, yes, yes. yes. So that means He supplies everything you need. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, let's stand up for just a minute. I know you've been popping up and down like a jack-in-the-box, but I want us to pray and ask the Lord for utterance this morning and for you to have ears to hear and not go to sleep and not get too quiet and because uh, even though I might look like Keith and sound like Keith, I ain't. <laughs> and he might let you be quiet, but you know, I like you to be hooked and awake. Yeah, so uh, Father, we do. We come to you now and we ask you for utterance. We ask you for the word that would be the most helpful to us at this present time in this present season, Father. We ask you to show us exactly what needs to be said and do exactly the way that you want us to do it this morning. We ask you to give us ears to hear the things that we need to hear of what's being said, Father, that would put us over the top, Father, that would help us to go forward and do the things that you've called us to do, Father. We ask you for your anointing, for your graces, your ability and your strengths to do all the things that you've called us to do in Jesus' name. About 10 people? All right. Y'all hooked? All right, good. You can be seated. Well, I just talked with him, and he is still in Canada. But he's about to leave. They were about to leave the church, and they're about to fly home. And he said... "Um, If you were here Friday night, I told that he got to go about 600 miles an hour in the airplane going over. And I said, that's uh, really good. He said, he thought it was because, you know, Perry said that he had Perry, you in here this morning, second, sir? Yeah, he's over here. He said, Perry waxed the wings, and plus, he said, then all that debt got paid off. (laughs) You know, so it was going faster, you know. And I said, so it didn't have anything to do with that big tailwind you had, huh? And uh, I said, what about the headwind when you come back? You know? No, but it, he said the t- headwinds slowed down and stuff, so they should be getting back this afternoon sometime. And the services went really, really well. So, uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to him being home this afternoon. And I always like hearing his voice before I speak. So it's really, really good. We usually do that. So it's really good. So it uh, went real good for him. So he'll be home this afternoon. Glory to God. Yes. Thank God for airplanes. So, uh. All will be good. And um, everything else up there went real good. I asked him Friday night. I, they said, the ones that were here Friday night, don't tell, okay? All right? Okay. He said they were driving along, and they kept seeing something in the ditch. And it was black, and it was kind of little. And he said, guess what it was? I said, I don't know. A dog? He said, no. Guess again. And we, this went on for a little while. He said, guess again. I said, I don't know. So you guess. No, it wasn't a bear. That's what everybody thought it was. I, I said a bear. It wasn't a bear. A moose? No, he did see a moose, I think, but it wasn't a moose. But a panther. It was a porcupine. I thought, a porcupine. So he was seeing Porcupines on the side of the road so glory to god we'll go forward now that we've seen the porcupines you know when we first started serving god keith had been around church all of his life and he married somebody that had been in church but didn't know anything about the bible you know because the church that i went to you weren't supposed to have bibles too much you know so uh you're just supposed to believe what the preacher said or the, i won't say too much you know the person in charge said give it away you know but uh, So I didn't know all the Bible stories, you know. I didn't know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know. I didn't know, uh, you know, about uh, David and Goliath, you know. I didn't know that he was a big bad dude, you know. And uh, I told him first service, I said, when they said bomb of Gilead, I thought that was a bomb. (laughs) I didn't know. How do you know unless you know, you know. And so uh, they'd tell things and I'd just sit there and look at them like they were crazy so when I went to Bible school I didn't go I had already been around word and faith stuff for years and years so I didn't go to find out so much about that stuff which I needed desperately but it wasn't to find that out I went to find out about David and Goliath and about Daniel and the lion's den you know and about church history you know and about those things and I enjoyed that so much but you know I think we take for granted those that are in the ministry and have been for a while, what people don't know. If they just come from different denominations or maybe just from the world, they may not have ever heard those stories, you know. And so we just try to get them to jump from not knowing anything all the way to maybe where we've been if we've been serving God for 30 years. And so they miss all the middle part. And they miss all the parts that help to give them the things that they need to stabilize them. And... You know, you can't walk straight if you're not stable. You'll fall. You know, and it's not fun to fall because people see you fall. It's quite embarrassing. And isn't that the number one thing that people care about? Sad. But the number one thing most people care about is they're going to see me get my lights turned off. Or they're going to see them come repossess my car. They're going to see them come take my house. And that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that the Bible says, without faith it's impossible to please who? God. And that should be our number one goal in life, pleasing God god because like dave said and you know what i think that we should teach dave how to preach what do y'all think (laughs) y'all remember when we first started the church anybody seen him grow yeah quite a difference right yeah we should probably teach him maybe how to no i'm just kidding the preach on him now right yeah um but anyway like what he was saying you know God is the most important thing, you know, and, and what he thinks about the situation, not what we think, you know, and uh, serving him is the most important thing. So we want to look this morning at some things about that, pleasing God and not pleasing ourselves. So uh, if you would, get your Bibles out, and if you don't have one, let's make sure we have one this morning for because that'll be our, our most important thing this morning is the word and turn to Matthew 7 Matthew 7:24 7, says therefore whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them i will liken him to a wise man how many of you want to be wise men or women which built his house on a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man. How many of you want to be foolish? I'm looking. I still don't see anybody's hand. Maybe they're on the Internet. I don't think so. Nobody wants to be foolish. And built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Let's read it from the NIV. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain came. And the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its, what? Foundation on the rock. The Message Bible says this, and if you don't have one, look up there on the screen, and they're going to put it up for us. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work, if you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, river flooded, tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words, in Bible studies, and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter. Now, raise your hand if you were the stupid carpenter. didn't think so. Who built his house on the sandy beach, and a storm rolled in, and waves came up, and it collapsed like a house of cards. Now, that's not going to be any of us, Right? Now, what I want to do is I want to give you a foundation for about five minutes here and make sure you're very clear about something and not take for granted that you already know a couple of things. Because what the devil tries to do is he tries to sneak in through any crack that he can get in and make you think you know something that you don't know. And if he can't, then there's no way that you're going to fold and you're going to fall. So what are you going to build your life on? The rock. Five people are going to build their life on the rock. What about the rest of you? On the rock. I'm going to build mine on the rock. You know, here in town, we have a lot of houses built on the rock. How many builders do we have in here? I know we got a few. Is it hard to build on that rock, Dan? It's hard. They shake our houses I know over there where we are, they get dynamite, and dishes will shake and rattle and fall off the shelves and everything, because they blow up that rock, and it just you know, and they do it day after day after day when they're trying to build a subdivision or something. We've got houses down or what are they what are they actually? We call it oopaloopaland. Land. Because they're little houses in all different colors and stuff. We call it Oompa Land, you know. So it's cute. It's really cute. So, uh, but anyway, when they were building them, it was really a lot of dynamite going off. Anyway, but we're, our houses are built on the rock, and so uh, what is the rock? Let's find out. Second Samuel twenty-two. Let's not assume that we know. Some people said Peter was a rock because he said Peter. Some people believe that. But let's see what the Word says. Second Samuel 22 two says, and he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Psalm 18.22 says, they probably can put it on the screen pretty quickly for you. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God and my strength in whom I will trust, my buck, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Psalm 92.15, to show that the Lord is upright, He is my rock. Psalm 94.22, but the Lord is my defense, and my my God is the rock of my refuge. So the Lord is the rock. Don't be confused. Don't let anybody tell you Peter is, or anybody else is, or anything else is. The Lord is the rock. Say it. Period. The only rock. So if the Lord is the rock and He is the foundation, then we need to be clear on one other thing. John one fourteen. The Lord is also something else. Some of you got it already. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of only the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. The Amplified says, and the word Christ became flesh, human incarnate. So let's back up. The word was who? Who? Christ or the Lord. And the Lord was what? The rock. And the rock was what? The foundation. So you're already confused. So what is the actual foundation? The Word. So what do you build your life on? The Word. What else can you build your life on? The word is the word of truth. It is the only way to build your life. It is the only rock that you have. And if you build your life on anything else, it's going to be like the house that's built on the sand. It's going to fall. Or like the other message Bible said, it's going to be like a house of cards. Have you ever put a deck of cards and built them up like kids do? What happens? To the ground. Now... It can seem like this can be very, very, very simple this morning. But how many of you in here have been or are in any kind of test or trial? What does it take to get past a test or trial? Faith in the Word. So if you're in a test or trial, it's going to take some faith to get out of that. So if we already had the answers, there wouldn't be a person in here in a test or trial. Correct? Correct? So I know every time we grow, it seems like the devil grows with us. Do you know what I mean? You grow and you learn how to get $50. What happens? You need 5000 And you grow and you learn how to get rid of the headache. And then you've got to get rid of the tumor. So what does it take? Faith. But if you learned how to get rid, get the five dollars the same thing works for the 5,000. And if you learned how to get rid of the headache, you know how to get rid of the tumor. Yes, but what's happened is, people hadn't learned how to get the five dollars, and they're pretending that they can get the 5,000. And they hadn't learned how to get rid of the headache, so they no way are they going to get rid of the tumor. They're going to die. And they wait till they get the tumor to find out about faith. And it's too late. Because they've been pretending they've been in faith all this time. Because they don't want anybody to know that they don't even really know what faith is. Because they've been around people of faith for 10, 20, 30 years. But they never really worked faith. Faith. They just used it in Bible studies. And there's a big difference between the two. And you can talk a good talk, but when you get ready to walk, do you fall? There's a big difference between talking and walking. And the results are the fruit. And that's what the word says. You can tell a tree by its and what's happening with it. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to do what I would have liked for someone to have done for me. You say, okay, this is first grade. Sit down. Let's get $5 so that you can get $5 million because if you don't get the $5, you'll never get the $5 million. Or if you don't pay your light bill, you're never going to pay the... If you don't pay the $25 light bill on that trailer, you're never going to pay the $25,000 light bill on that church. It's never going to happen. And I didn't know I was going to have a $25,000 light bill on a church. You want to pay it? You're laughing, but do you know God's not going to call you to do something like that? So, you got to get real. And it's got to start somewhere, and you got to work it. And it's got to be real. So, let's look at it for just a minute. There's two people. One had faith, one didn't. Thomas. Let's look at him. Thomas, well, let's read about him first. John 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with him them when Jesus came. The other t- disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side. What? I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. And came Jesus in the door, being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not what? Faithless. Faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas... Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, yet have believed. Now there's somebody else that was a believer. Let's read about him. Abraham, Romans 4.17. As it is written... I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things that be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be, and being not weak in faith, considered not... His own body now dead, uh, at when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's wound—he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that He, that what He had promised, He was also able to perform. Now. Thomas's faith and Abraham's faith were different. What was the difference? Thomas, let's see, only see, feel, touch before he was going to believe. Abraham saw, felt, didn't consider what he saw and felt. And still believed. Quite a difference between the two. Big difference between the two. One, which is the title today, head faith, the other, heart faith. And that's what we want to look at this morning. Thomas was moved totally and completely by his physical senses, by his feelings—you know that old song, "Feelings." <laughs> Nothing, Susan. <laughs> they always have a song to go with everything around here. There's, you know, but you don't want me to sing it. So, uh, but feelings. Everything in his life was ruled by what he could see, what he could touch, what he could feel. Everything in Abraham's life was in spite of, in spite of what he saw, what he felt, what he had been feeling for years and known for years and decades. There's a big difference between the two. John Wesley once said that the devil has given the church a substitute for faith. One that looks and sounds much like faith that few people can tell the difference in. This substitute is called mental assent. Many people read God's word and agree that it's true. But they're only agreeing with their natural minds. And that is not what it will take to get the job done. It takes a heart of faith to receive from God. It's like what I said in the first service I know what it takes to eat healthy. I know what it takes to eat healthy. I knew that yesterday when I was eating milk duds. But it didn't stop me from eating them. Amen. Brother Hagen used to say this all the time. He used to say that you can have faith in your heart with doubt in your head. But to some, it's hard to distinguish the difference. Because they've yielded so much to what their head says, it's hard to separate the two. But you've got to get to a point to where you're able to recognize what is the difference. How do you recognize what's your heart and what's your head? Your heart's going to tell you what God says. Your heart's going to tell you truth. Your heart's going to tell you to do the right thing. No matter how loud your flesh is screaming, it's still in there. And it's going to tell you the right thing. Your flesh ain't going to like it a bit. It wanted them milk duds. So it ate them. But your heart knows the right thing. Let's find out the difference between the two. Head faith. Now, look at this and be honest with yourself as to which one you are. If you really want to grow. Now, every person in this room has had head faith at some time or another. At something in their life. Head faith. You've used your head and not gotten results. And it's like I said in the first service. We've told the people that do uh, the phone calls with people to pray or our staff or um, anybody that works for us. Don't ever pray with someone unless you're expecting results. It'll mess up their faith and it'll mess up your faith. So if somebody comes to you and says, Hook with me, Victor, that um, you're going to get... Um, $5 million by tomorrow. Well, that would be the stupidest prayer for him to come to me. And pr- I'm not going to hook with him that he's going to get that by tomorrow. I have no confidence in faith that he's going to have that by tomorrow. God hadn't spoken to me and said, he's going to give him that money by tomorrow. How can I hook with him in faith about that? I have absolutely nothing to stand on. Now, if he came to me and said, Would you hook with me? My back is hurting. And I'd like for it to be healed. I have a foundation for that. The Word says, By his stripes you're healed. I have a foundation for that. I can hook with him instantly. No problem. Now, if he came to me and said, You know what? My light bill's due. And I need the money to pay that. And um, if I don't have it by tomorrow, I can hook with him on that. The Bible says, He'll supply all my needs. But... Hook with him, he'll have $5 million. God didn't tell me he's going to give him $5 million by tomorrow. I have no foundation. And people are praying things that they have absolutely no foundation to believe God for. God hadn't told them. And if you join hands and hook with somebody, you better have something to believe for. Either it said it in the Word or God spoke to you and told you. And he didn't tell me, I'm sorry, he didn't tell me he's going to have five million by tomorrow, sorry. (laughs) Now he might have you, so you don't need nobody to pray with you. He's going to give it to you anyway. But you need to figure out when you're praying if you have something to stand on. So when I read these, look at it and see... Which one of these categories you fall into, head or heart? And always decide, when you're standing in faith, am I just, is this just head? Am I really doing this with my heart? Because if you're not in your heart, you'll have a faith failure, and it'll hurt you the next time. Okay, so here we go. Your head faith. I know God's Word says this is true. Like by Jesus' stripes, I was healed, or He'll supply all my needs, but for some reason it ain't happening for me, or I just can't get it. Or what's wrong? Or you come talk today, <laughs> I've been reading all my scriptures, but I'm still not healed, or my light bill's still not paid. Why? But. How come? Anybody but me ever said those words? Head faith. Now, for the 25 people that raised their hands, you'll go forward. You want to try it again? How many of you ever said those words? All right. A lot better. Because unless you admit it, there's no way you can go forward. We've all said it. We've all wondered why this hadn't happened. You've heard Keith tell it. She came to me and asked me why we didn't have the money yet. And he replied... Phil, I don't know why we don't have the money yet, but I do know this. If God's got to use such and such to get us that money, He'll have it to us by the time we need it. And I kid you not, God used such and such to get us the money. But I was asking why. Because I didn't know all this stuff then. I was living with all these people that knew all that stuff, but I didn't know it. He went to Bible school. He had some word. But I still work in the secular job. And I was expected to live where they were living. And I couldn't. I knew all the right things to say. I heard it all. I had the right words because I was living in it. God supplies all my needs. Yes, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But I had nothing to stand on. So I wanted to know why. And it's the same reason you want to know why. Because you're in the same boat I was in. You're living with the people that talk it, but you don't know it. Because you don't know Him as the it. I didn't know Him. Like Dave said, you didn't know how good He was. Because He's good. Heart faith. You ready for it? You want to know how to get from... Wise and buts to answers, to healed and prosperous and overcoming and wisdom and thanking for the 25 people over here. (laughs) The rest of you may not get your bills paid. Um, It's very, very, very simple. But it's where we fail every day. Have failed. I won't confess it for my future. If the word says it, it's so. No ifs or ands or buts or maybes. If the word says it, it's mine. Here, now, no questioning it, no considering anything else, no anything. If the word says it, it's so. Nothing else to consider. Now, how confusing is that? Very when you let the devil in. That's why Dave and I get so mad at Keith sometimes with no just cause because he's very black and white. There's no gray with him. We want to consider all the other angles. And he's like, no, there's nothing else to consider. It's this or this. And we're like, but what about, and he's like, no, it's this or this. And we're like, and he's like, no, it's this or this. And we want to consider all the other things. And he's like, y'all are not listening. It's this or this. And that's the way it is. You can play with it all you want to. But it's not confusing. You're either healed because the word says you're healed, or you believe the devil. You either believe God or you believe the devil. There's two choices. John 10:10, 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I'm come to give you life. So there's two choices. Good or bad. You get to pick. Who wants the good? Who wants the bad? simple then we can go home <laughs> then why do we have so many people sick and broke and dying and hurting because they confuse the issues we we confuse the issues i'm just as guilty as anybody else when a headache comes you run go grab a tylenol instead of standing it's quicker Even though it does take 30 minutes, it's quicker. (laughs) Because sometimes you have to stand a little while. Sometimes you have to believe God. And sometimes I get busy believing God for somebody else instead of myself. Or doing something for somebody else instead of yourself. It's not okay, though. Because then when something big comes, what happens? There you have it. Faith works the same. Little things as big things. People call faith a lot of times confident expectation. That means that you're confidently expecting it to happen. You're confidently expecting your healing to come. And that's good. But the Bible says you're already healed. I like to call it something else. And I'm not correcting anybody that says that because Keith even says it. And it's true. I like to call it trust. Faith is trust. Faith is if somebody tells me something, I have faith that they're going to do it. If God says, I'm going to supply all your needs, i believe him. Period. Can he be trusted? Is he a liar? Has he ever let anybody down? Is he going to start with you? Then why don't you trust him? Because you don't know him. He's a good God. And we've been fed lies by who? Our own minds and the devil. We can trust him. If Keith tells me something, you can bet your last nickel it's going to happen. I trust him. I trust him. He's not going to let me down. I trust him. He's always there. He's always been there. If I need encouragement, if I need a word, if I need something, I can always count on him. Just now on the phone. Always. I told him after first service, I said, it's too quiet. I didn't like it. It was just like, you know, what. I, I said, I think I'm going to just let Dave go. Set. He said, Phyllis. That was all it took That's it When he calls me by my whole name Instead of Phil You know The end That's it But I trust him I rely on him He's dependable He ain't going to tell you something unless he's going to do it. Now, if I can trust him that much, how much more should I trust God? What about you? Is there somebody you trust? Magnify him by a bazillion times. As big as you can think, magnify him. And that's how much you can trust God. He's not going to let you down. But he must have faith to do it for you. Must have it. Or then he would be a respecter of persons. And he can't be. Although I tell you I'm his favorite all the time, I can't be. Because that would make him a respecter of persons. And he's not. He is, though, a respecter of faith. And if you will stay in faith, he will do it for you. And there's no devil in hell big enough to stop him. And that's what the devil knows. If you will just stay in faith, he can throw everything under the sun at you, and he will. But you cannot, under any circumstance, stop him. no way you win you're unstoppable you might as well say it I'm unstoppable when I get in faith I am unstoppable that's you you want to say it again when I get in faith I am, I am unstoppable. That's you. And the devil knows that. Because he knows that when you're there, he can't touch you. That's what Friday night I was talking about Job. And think for just a minute. He threw everything he could at Job. God gave him free He he said, do it, but you can't kill him. He threw everything at him. And what happened to Job? He couldn't win. The devil could not win. He tried everything he could, and he didn't win. Job still came out with twice as much as what he had before. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. That's you. Unstoppable. But what do you have to do? You have to get that foundation. What is that foundation? You have to get a word. You have to get something to stand on. You have to get something that you believe in. You have to find something in the word that hooks with your spirit. You may be standing for healing, but it may not be a healing scripture. It may be greater is He that's in me. It may be God supplies all my needs. It may be the joy of the Lord is my strength. But you need to find out, by His stripes I'm healed, may not mean anything to you. It may be the peace of God. Because you may be a wreck. Or it may be forgive. And you'll be forgiven. But you got to find it. you got to find the thing that ministers to you. And you got to stand on it. Then when the scripture was talking about the winds come. And the waves come, what do you got? You got this. You see how little this is? You can stand on it all day long. The winds is gonna come, the waves gonna come, you're just like you're surfing. Doesn't matter, it's gonna blow in every direction. Just blow, blow, blow. And I got on platform heels. You're not gonna fall. Why? Why are you not going to fall? Because you're on a rock. No. You're on the rock. The only rock. Anything else is fake. Anything else is false. It's feelings. It's sight. It's seeing. You cannot be moved by anything that you see or feel or hear. The only thing that you can be moved by is this. This is the only thing. If it doesn't say it, it doesn't belong to you. If it says it, it belongs to you. Then you're unmovable. No matter what the devil's tried to tell you, you win. He cannot win. Only you. So quit believing the lie that you have to die or you have to be broke or you're going to lose your house or you're going to lose your marriage or you're going to lose your kids or you're not going to know what to do or it's over or it's too late. Is that what this book told you? I didn't see that anywhere. Read Revelation. You win. And it ain't over till it's over. And you don't want to hear me sing, so it ain't over till the skinny lady sings and I ain't singing. <laughs> so there you have it. It's going to be a while. So, only say what God told you to say. Look at this real quickly. Um, let's find that, that verse where it says that. Um... Hebrews 10.23. No, not that one. I'll pull a Keith on you. He likes to change, don't he? He taught me that. Hebrews 4.14. It is in Hebrews. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Well, the American Standard Version says, let us hold fast our confession. What is the devil always trying to get you to do? Open that mouth. Always. He's always trying to get you to say, like I did to Keith, why isn't it here? Where's it at? How come? Just because the thought crosses your mind, don't mean you've lost faith in your heart. It's when you start opening that mouth and start that whining stuff. Why? But it's been six months, it's been two years. And it's still this way. You got to get you something to stand on. And you only say that. I don't care if you say it 5,000 times a day. Paint it on, you know, in the 70s, that's all we did is we had confessions everywhere. But we done got mature now. And we don't need them. And we're going under by the thousands. And we're losing our houses and we're losing our marriages and we're losing. And I don't see the confessions around that I used to see around. Used to? Everywhere you went. You saw somebody had a confession stuck to their computer or stuck to their mirror or stuck to their car mirror or stuck to their this or stuck to their that. Everywhere you went. I bet you Dave's mom had her own confession stuck everywhere, didn't she? Yep. See, look at him. Look at him. Because it works. I know he says it all the time. Mom had a confession for every, if we skin out, bumped our knee, if we did this to our foot, if we did this, something came out of her mouth. A confession. Why? Because you don't say anything negative. You don't run around and say, I'm going under. Oh, they're going to take my house. Oh, they're going to. I'm going to lose my car. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh, I'm going to be sick. Oh, I'm going to have to go to the doctor and have all these tests run because they think I have cancer. Dear Lord, I'd never say that. What do you say? All the way to have that test run. By Jesus' stripes I was healed. Glory to God. He took my infirmities. He bare my sicknesses. I'll never be sick a day in my life. That's all you say. Doesn't matter how loud those symptoms are screaming. You say, well, i got to live in the real world. That is the real world. The other is the fake world. And that's what the devil wants you to believe. People try to convince you you've got to live in the real world, so you've got to say all these things. They're the ones living in the wrong world. And that's why we're going under. It's because we've let people convince us we've got to live in their world. We don't live in their world. We're only passing through this one. We have to get back to the things that we know. Or if you never knew them, get to them. Get your mouth working for you instead of against you. Never say what, never say why, never say how come, but I feel, but I need, but I want, but I can't, but they didn't. That's the final words of somebody going under. Only say what he told you to say. I said it in first service. Get your confessions working for you. I won't go through all of them again, but you know what to say for healing or you know what to say for prosperity. I gave him a funny one for first service. What do you say for a a wretched wife, the drip drip? (laughs) I have a virtuous wife. I found favor of the Lord. You know, what do you say for a husband? Husband loves me as Christ loved the church. Gave himself for me. Find you something to say. Don't say the negative. Don't say my marriage is falling apart. Say I have a good marriage. It's blessed of the Lord. Say what you want it to be. Uh, Abraham, you, let's read it so you can see it. You need to, if you don't have the word on it, you have nothing to base it on. Why do I keep going back to these scriptures? My words mean nothing. Turn back with me there for just a second. See it. Put it on the screen. Let's see. It's, um, um, I'll find it for you here just in a second. I know it's here. Right here, Romans. Romans 4, 17. We all knew it, but I just want to make sure. Called those things that be not... As though they were. Now we knew that in the 70s. But we forgot it in the 2009s. You have to call those things that be not as though they are. No matter what you feel, no matter what you see, no matter what the devil says, no matter what your mama says, no matter what your brother says. No matter what your neighbor says. If you want to see different, you'll do different. Call it the way you want it. Call your bills paid. Call your knees strong. Call your eyes strong. Call your body strong. Call your mind strong. Whatever you need. Then what do you do after you've done all that? We'll read it. Let's turn to it. Well, let's read one verse before we get there. James 1. I think you all know these. But again, it's not what you've heard. It's what you do. James 1.6. When you ask for something, what do you got to do? Ask in faith. That's what we were talking about earlier with Victor. Unless you've got something to base it on, you cannot ask in faith. The only thing you have to base it on is if God told you or the Word says it. If God told you or the Word says it, you're not going to waver. Or you don't have to waver, I'll put it that way. You have more chance of not wavering. Maybe we should say it like that. Because if you do waver, what you are going to get? And what's happening to everybody? They're falling because they're wavering because they have no foundation. They're going back and forth because they've based it on what they've heard instead of what they know. Find out what you know. All right? Turn to the stand. Ephesians 6. Wherefore, 6.13, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the day of evil. Is the devil evil? And having done all, start saying bad things and asking why and saying but. But. And questioning. And I'm not strong enough. Therefore, stand. That's what you do. Well, it's been two years. What do you do? It's been ten years. What do you do? That's all you do. Is you stand. Stand. You make your right confessions and you stand. And it can look like it didn't work out, didn't go right. God never fails you. And then here's Dave's verse for the day Romans fifteen thirteen. This is the only way you're gonna know if you're standing and you're believing. The God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing. If you're believing, you're going to have those two things. If you don't have those two things, you're not believing. You're standing on somebody else's faith, somebody else's beliefs. That's why so many people are in such oppression Depression, sadness, not joy. What's your word? Glad, gladful. Yeah. Gladfulness, whatever. Yeah.
1: I'll make another one.
0: Because they're not believing. You will have joy and peace if you are believing, it's when you're not believing. That you don't have joy and peace. Stand up with me. I hope you don't think that you already knew most of this because I tell you, we've been dealing with lots and lots and lots and lots and lots, lots of people that can't pay their bills, or the money's not coming, or there's problems in, the, in their marriages, is there problems with this or problems with that. And this is what it boils down to. There's not faith. And we should have enough faith and have enough faith victories that we are so full of joy and so full of peace that we can help somebody else. I mean, we're such, we should be such a strong church of faith. It is on the front of the building. Faith, life. But if we come in here and we have no faith and we have no life, what are we showing people? That God's not true and he's not good. So we got to get it right. But we got to know how to get it right. So maybe it helped somebody today. Maybe it wasn't too simple for you. Okay? So let's do this. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you today to take this word and put it deep down into people's hearts. That the devil can never steal it away from them, Father. Because this is a foundation that will live on all the days of our life. Your word and your truth and your goodness, Father. And I just ask you to help us to build everything that we do from this, because you are the foundation of everything that we believe for, everything that we need, everything that we see, everything that we do is you and your word, Father. And I just ask you today to reveal to us all the things that we need to see and do for you and give us the word to do it with, Father. I just ask you this afternoon, as people go on their way, that they find the words that help them to do the things that they need to do. In Jesus' name. Now, in doing that, I told the first service, and I want you to do the same thing. I want you to go home this afternoon. You say, this afternoon? Yeah, this afternoon. And take time and find scriptures that minister to you on the subject that you are believing God for. Whether it be finances or wisdom Our marriage, or jobs, or kids, or whatever the area is. Find scripture. Then pray again and get in faith. Because that's the only foundation that you have. And you say, I don't have time this afternoon. Well, I got an answer for that, like I did first service. You will have time when they come repossess your car. For them to do that, or to find another house, or to find another job, or to find another spouse, or to get your kids out of jail. You choose. It's much, much, much simpler and much more fun to get in the Word. It'll bring you joy and peace. So, you going to do it? All right.